Because I work with sexual energy, one of the roles that I have is as a pleasure and intimacy coach. There definitely is like movement of sexual energy. I feel it throughout my body. You know, I turn into my breath. It's very therapeutic. However, in terms of contact and intimacy between two people, that doesn't exist in this space. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. My name is Roger Williams, and as the host of this show, I will be interviewing guests, people just like you, that are crossing items off their own bucket list. My hope is that by hearing these stories, you will be inspired and empowered to cross items off your own bucket list. When you find something impactful for your journey, we invite you to share the episode with one other person and leave an honest rating or review of the show. This is an amazing way for you to gift those feelings of inspiration and joy to others. Now let's start crossing it off together. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Crossing It Off podcast. I am excited because this is about to get spicy. And if you did not see it, there is an E on this episode. And there are two reasons for that. The first is that I know my guest and she is uh, a little salty. And that's totally fine by me, but I just want to let you know that up front. And the second is, is that because of the item that she crossed off her list is what I would consider intimate and sensual. So uh, if there are things that as we are talking and, and she's sharing her story and her adventure of crossing this off her list, you get uncomfortable. I challenge you to stick with it because I think there are some, as she says, universal truths in um, having a bucket list and crossing things off and being intentional uh, about doing that. So with that... I would love to introduce you to Shawi Moon, and she describes herself as being open-minded, tenacious, fearless, non-judgmental. Shawi, thanks for being here. My absolute pleasure. Awesome. So what did you cross off your list? I had a desire to become a shibari rope bunny, and I have crossed it off. Awesome. Um, so let's start. <laughs> let's start the first part. Because there may be some people that aren't familiar with what Shibari is. Mm -hmm. So can you give us some of the history, what it is, and some of the history behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So Shibari as an art form, which is use of tying. So with ropes, tying a body, actually is super fresh. It's only been around for a couple of decades. If you go back into history, into Japan, Mm -hmm. tying and restraint and use of ropes as torture has been around for centuries and centuries, can date back to like 1400s, 1600s. There's lots of evidence of that. However, it then transitioning into a form of art or then coming into the BDSM scene is actually only a couple of decades old. Interesting. So what drew you to this? Why why was this something that you wanted to put on your bucket list? So I co-host a sexual wellness podcast. I'm a holistic wellness practitioner and about a year ago had this real pull to support people in their sexual wellness journey and to help educate. So where I live in New Zealand, there is definitely a lack of education in the sexual wellness space. Started this podcast with my ex when I was 14. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's amazing. (laughs) We're really good friends. And he has had lots of experience in the BDSM scene, non-monogamy scene. I'm pretty fresh. I'm pretty new the last couple of years into a lot of these spaces. So initially it was through some investigating and interviews we were doing in the podcast 
And then I came across the photography and I was really drawn into Shibari art. I'm uh, some of the, my hobbies are doing really strange photo shoots. <laughs> so I do photo shoots in like derelict buildings and like quite extreme. And so I was really drawn into it as an art actually. And just like started following all of these amazing Shibari artwork pages and Shibari models. And that was kind of where the passion grew. And it was from there. And then I manifested in a rig. And what do you know? So, so before we get to that portion, art is in the eye of the beholder, of course. And so what for you drew you into that as, as seeing it as art? Because some people might look at this and go, that's like just somebody's kink that's weird. What was inside you that said, oh, this is really art? Mm, I love the edginess of life. <laughs> and for me, when I came across Shibari art, I saw the deep surrender and the models, mm. I saw it and I thought, oh, first of all, I was like, that's got to fucking hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like pushing extremes when it comes to physical stuff as well. So that kind of intrigued me. And I think also because it raised questions in me. So I was intrigued by the art because it captured me and I wanted to know the story of the bunny. I wanted to know the story of the rigger. And I think it was just that that mystery in it that first um, invited me into investigating more about it. Okay, so let's go over some of those terms that you just used. You said rigger. What's the rigger? Who's the, the rigger? The rigger is the person that does the tying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And kind of describe the ties a little oh, bit if yes. you can. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, there is such an incredible range of tying that can be done when so the rope bunny who is the person being tied. Um, there is either so it can either be a body that is laid down somewhere or is sitting somewhere or is standing somewhere. And it's it can be such a beautiful art to witness because there's symmetry. You know, there are lines, the way that the ties can work with the body. Often there is restraint involved. And I will say not always because you can come across some people that explore the Shibari and there isn't a lot of physical restraint. Uh, and then you, then you go into suspension. So some of the Shibari practices that you come along also include suspension, when, which is where the body is also tied up often restrained and then suspended from different body parts as well God, so many questions so so you have a rigger and then you have what you're calling the bunny which is the the model right yeah. and and the person being tied let's go into let's go into you doing this for the first time how did you find your rigger let's start there <laughs> full manifestation okay, uh, okay. <laughs> and i'm a big believer in uh, manifesting through orgasms. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so I just put it out there and I didn't realize actually how hard they are to find in New Zealand. I can't speak for obviously other places in the world, but to find an experienced rigor that is coming into the space of Shibari with a lot of respect, with really great effective communication, with an understanding of the potential inside the practice, they're really hard to find. And mm. I was talking to a friend one day and I mentioned something about Shibari. She said, hey, I have this friend who's a Shibari rigger who's looking for a rope bunny. And I was like, can I meet him? <laughs> okay. So then, so you met him and then the, him. what was that? Did you have coffee beforehand or did she yeah, come yeah. over with a with you know several <laughs> meters of rope? What? Um, uh, so I was actually putting together a 
a space with this friend that I'd met. We were doing um, a workshop together and he is also a photographer, a videographer. And so funnily enough, because I was really intrigued in the artwork. So all of our sessions are videoed and, um, and he takes beautiful photos. So not only did I happen to manifest in a rigger with 10 years experience, but he also is a photographer. So he was taking photos for us for the promotion of this workshop that we were running so that's how we met him so I met him it was really cool um we did a photo shoot for the session that we were doing and then uh we just chatted and he said hey I thought I you know heard that you're interested and I was like yeah I am and we just talked about it and then the first time he came around to like to practice out and see how my body was feeling. He needed to check like my flexibility and um, what I was comfortable with. Um, that was very basic. Like there were not, the ties were very basic. It was just like arms behind back. I think it was only arms behind back in two different poses. Uh, and that was the the beginning of the establishment of our connection in this rigor rope bunny situation. Was there something about him that like made you comfortable? I mean, t- to me, hearing all the, about this there has to be like some level of massive trust that goes into this process you know on both sides i think but more so on the bunny side to say okay i trust you to bind me with you know several meters of rope what was yeah. it about him that you were able to say okay I, I can do this and did you have hesitation was there something like oh i don't know or was it just so natural that you just like i'm going for it Yeah, deep trust is required. And I would say from my experiences, from both people, like I I obviously have to have deep trust in him that he's going to keep me safe and all of these things. However, he has to really trust that I also am going to use my voice and Mm. express if like I am feeling something that doesn't feel right, express if I'm feeling uncomfortable emotionally, physically, whatever it is. So it's actually a really beautiful dance of trust. At this point, I will say I had I have had some experience in impact play and bondage and that kind of stuff in my own sex life. So and I and I mentioned that because I up to the point where I met him, I'd had to have had very effective connections with people within that space. I had to know to read them very well. Like I knew when someone was showing up with good intention and all of that. So I I kind of had sussed people out in that way prior to meeting him. Um, And I have had no hesitation. He has got a really beautiful energy. He's very respectful because he'd had 10 years experience as well. That was a big green flag for me. Um, So I I trusted him. I knew some people that he knew. And it just has always felt very, very easy the whole whole time. And it's been months now. So, yeah. And so that first time, maybe, maybe go to the next time where like, the knots were getting the ties were getting more complicated or there was more restriction or what were you how do you prepare yourself for that and how were you feeling during that i i think initially because i didn't really know what to expect i knew i was being drawn into it for a reason my soul knew and my mind didn't at the time <laughs> 
And so I kind of went in with an open mind and just thought, okay, I'm going to go into this. I'm going to listen, make sure I'm paying attention as well. Cause I was really in this learning period. Mm. I needed to listen to him guiding me through knowing um, how my body was feeling. Like I had to pay attention to when I started getting pins and needles or when I started feeling numbness, uh, all of those things. I was really just trying to integrate everything so I could learn. He was telling me about the different types of our first probably four or five sessions, there was a lot of conversation still happening. A lot of teaching me as we started going into suspension. Um, so I was kind of just in this learning phase to start off with. So what were you feeling like after those first couple of sessions where you had experienced it? What, what was going through your head as far as, you know, your reaction to the experience that you had? It felt very cathartic, very therapeutic. And because at the at a similar time to exploring it deeper, I then was exploring um, dominance and submission within a partnership. And the reason I was drawn into that was I'm a very busy person with a lot of responsibilities. <laughs> I am a single mother. I run multiple businesses. I do the podcast. I'm, you know, I'm very involved in my children's school. I have a lot of things that are my responsibility. So to be able to go into the space of Shabari Rope Bunny and not have to be the one making the decisions mm. and be completely guided and nurtured and, and just be able to essentially just be, instead of having to think about where I needed to be, what I needed to be doing, it eliminated any of those things from my mind. And so whenever I came out and it probably was a couple of sessions in that this really started setting in and now it's just beautiful and profound, the experiences I have mentally. But yeah, I think that was when I started noticing, I'm like, man, I feel great. Like I feel peaceful. Here at the Crossing It Off podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. I feel as if I've gone into meditation for an mm. hour. So you talk about it from an art perspective, right? Like this is art. So you're clothed? Yes, uh, I am. I have on like underwear. Okay. So you you preferably have clothes that are very close to the body uh, for safety reasons. So clothing isn't getting stuck in rope or anything like that. So not nude at all. I'm clothed to some degree. <laughs> but yet there are other people that use this like more inside the BDSM Absolutely. spectrum, but you haven't experienced that. No. So there's um, another term, which is Kinbaku. So the term, and there's, there's a lot of conversation around this within the, um, in this space, because essentially we've kind of robbed a couple of Japanese words <laughs> and to get the direct translations, but from, and I'll just say from my understanding and a lot of people I've kind of spoken to in this space. So the difference between Shibari, it's often seen as that art form. It often is non-sexual, but still can be very sensual and can be a beautiful energy exchange. 
so that's Chibari. Kambako is often the term that is used for the rope bondage when then there is the element of sex involved as well. But this at the same time, my understanding and from our initial conversations, this was kind of on your sexual bucket list. Yeah. So how does, so how do you, you know, mold those two things together, right? You're you're doing this in, a, in an art form, but it also is sensual. What is how do you how do you um reconcile those things? The art and the and the sexual side of it for you. What is what's the sexual side of it for you? So in these sessions that I have with the experienced Shabari Rigger, it is non-sexual. I'll say it's non-sexual. However, because I work with sexual energy, one of the roles that I have is as a pleasure and intimacy coach. There definitely is like movement of sexual energy. I feel it throughout my body. You know, I turn into my breath. It's very therapeutic. However, in terms of contact and intimacy between two people, that doesn't exist in this space. That is more therapy for me. It's very, um, very nourishing to my mind. However, what I have learned (laughs) um, through Shibari and becoming a rigger and really dropping into that surrender in it, I have had, I have been able to transition some of that into my sex life and into more intense bondage within um, intimacy with a partner. There, I haven't uh, been in environments with the intensity of the rope bondage that I have in my Shabari sessions in sex. Like I haven't experienced Kimbaku, which would be what that is. Mm-hmm. I would love to. <laughs> um, however, I, I really like, I, I like kind of keeping that separate because it almost does feel like two different um, elements of the same thing, but different. If you're having a conversation with somebody, uh, uh, you know, a coffee house or whatever, and this came up, and they said, hmm, uh, yeah, I've thought about that. I'm interested in doing that. What's like, besides just, oh, you got to do it. What's something that you would, you know, kind of encourage them to make sure that they did in that process? This does happen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have people asking me all the time, friends, people that are on my social media, they're like, oh my gosh, what is that? And it's been fascinating because more people are actually interested in it than I think most people realize <laughs> Um, and so these are the things that I have said and and I've shared kind of the things I know I've benefited the most from, but I've said to them, look, if you're interested, first of all, make sure that you find an experienced rigger who you preferably know through other people as well. I know that people have like looked in fit life and stuff like that, and they have found some people, which is wonderful, but I would say you need someone that's experienced and not just experienced with using rope or not, not just experienced with bondage in terms of sex. Cause it's a totally different thing. They have to be mm-hmm. able to energetically and emotionally hold that rope bunny. Uh, so that is always my first tip. Um, the second thing I say is if you're interested, I say, um, why (laughs) make sure that you've checked in with your intentions as well because just like anything within the kink scene the non-monogamy scene uh you know like intense personal development things your intention has to be for the right reasons otherwise that's when things can go really badly (laughs) and in something like this like you're gonna get fucked up (laughs) if you're not because if you're not able to speak and advocate and do all these things then you can put yourself in harmful situations I imagine that's hard to do, right? To, you know, like you said, you were you were able to manifest that 
Rogi and to you know to your life, which is fantastic. I did in my research find that there are um, classes in my area yes. where people can oh, cool. go with your partner and you can work together again, you know, clothes and all that. So um, I found that interesting because it, I, I imagine it would be hard to find somebody, especially since you talk about it being such a, a newer art form that to find yeah. somebody that has the experience that you're, you'd be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have answered this and, uh, but, you know, search deep down inside of you, but what's something that changed? What was that? What was that aha takeaway for you um, now that you've crossed this off your bucket list? The biggest moment that I believe will resonate with me forever was we'd already been working together for a couple of months. So we normally do sessions once a week to once a fortnight and we'd been working together for a while. And I, there's two, there's two really profound things that have come through. I'll share the first one, but it was the second one that really stuck. But the first one was the mind over matter, you know, of how much can I sit in discomfort? And Mm -hmm. what I realized in myself is that I'm able to sit in a lot of physical discomfort. However, I had to really check in with my body because I've realized my mind is stronger than my body. (laughs) And so I've really had to deepen my connection to my body. Like, okay, I'm starting to feel some tingling or like, okay, that's sitting there. How much longer can I probably do in this suspension? You know, sometimes I'm upside down. So that's been a really beautiful lesson for me and learning about myself and pushing those, those boundaries, but staying really present in it, staying really present in the discomfort to be able to monitor inside self. So that's been the really, the first really, amazing thing this the second thing though that came through really profound because I often drop into breath uh, intentional breath and meditation spaces while I'm being held by my rigor and one of the sessions that we had I was tied pretty tight like I come out and I have had marks in my body that have lasted quite a long time I came out of one particular no while I was in it sorry while I was in it I was tied quite tightly I remember this feeling of no matter what is happening externally, I shall always be sovereign. You can tie me up so that my body is physically restrained and I can't move. Or you can bring the greatest oh, like tornado into my life. You know, anything could happen outside of me and I shall still remain sovereign in myself. Like I am my own freedom. And that just dropped. And I was like, holy shit. This lesson, if everybody could embody this, it changes everything. (laughs) You know, we transmute fear. You know, we live in more faith and in a deeper surrender and deeper trust with ourselves. And that, and it's a lot of the work that I do, but actually being in the physical experience of it doesn't matter what is happening outside of me. I'm always freeing myself. That's changed my life. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's like you said, it's universal, right? It doesn't matter whether it's shibari or it's, you know, learning how to play ukulele. It's, you know, those same feelings of, you know, just being present and knowing that you can do it, I think is a a massive um, win as far as crossing things off your list. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have like a separate bucket list for just like, your general life and then do you have one for your sexual life i mean is, do you have multiple ones and how did you yeah. get to that point if you yeah you did great so mm-hmm. how did you get to that point where you decided i'm going to kind of compartmentalize these or or give intention to, to certain areas uh and differently and make those multiple lists what well, was the podcast 
<laughs> so in the podcast, uh, I all of a sudden realized the more we were interviewing people and different things in life, I was like, wow, there are so many fascinating things that exist that I didn't even know about a couple of years ago. And so, uh, yeah, through, I think, just starting the podcast, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. There's heaps of things I would like to experience in my intimacy, in my own self-pleasure, all of these things. However, in terms of me, I'm, I'm so dedicated to my personal growth and experience. I've spent many, many years working on myself now. And so there, there's always been these great desires for, for life that are in my personal bucket list outside of that. Awesome. Uh, Shawi, tell me what's something else that you want to cross off your list and it can be from either any list that you choose. I will speak into something that I'm it's so close to my heart right now. So I work in the holistic wellness space and my biggest bucket list goal right now is to create drastic change in this country with our male suicide actually, and to mm. work with um, young boys. I'm in the, in the process of creating a program, co-creating with a lot of amazing people in this area uh, because we're in an, an epidemic here. It's actually it's um, we're in critical and a critical space in terms of our mental health and suicide in New Zealand. We've got the worst rates for our suicide in the OECD, particularly male suicide, particularly mm. youth, particularly, particularly Maori. And so that's, it's just, I feel like I'm living and breathing that right now. And if I can make any kind of impact in that space, and I know I already have, and I actually had a friend of mine call me out last night. He's like, you do know that you do most, <laughs> like 90% of people. Right. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, I know. Um, I really, really, I want to create change. And so that's, that's top right now. Awesome. Is there a specific way you want to do that? Is there like, do you have a plan? Is there, what would that be? If look, what would be the finished product to be able to say, I cross that off my list? So there's uh, what, what I'm planning is to duplicate a model that was based in the UK and it was targeting the um, African community over there and how they could support them and um, build that. We call it in New Zealand, we call it mana. So that inner power, right? So building that up in these boys. And so what I'm what I'm planning is to duplicate a similar program, ranging from supporting boys from about eight years old all the way up into mid-20s, because we look at preventative work when we go younger. Um, and have a essentially have a, an initiation program with different stages in it, with different people coming in as experts in different fields, and having that absolute living and breathing. Like, and then duplicated and duplicated and duplicated, but creating a system and, and essentially creating a system where predominantly our facilitators are men, because I know how critical it is for our young boys to have those male role models. So I, I, I actually want to step back. <laughs> I want to be able to be the person that networks and gets everything going and then goes like here and here's a program and here's another one and here's another one and let's just keep this going. So yeah, that's, that's what it would look like. That's awesome. Uh, I, I wish you all the best in that work. Uh, yeah. Shally, where can people find you if they would be interested in learning more, whether it's a podcast, whatever you've got going on, how can they find you on the internet? Uh, I love Instagram. I'm on there the most. So my private, uh, my personal Instagram, it's not private, it's public, but my personal one is Mama Chow CEO because uh, my business is Mama Chow Holistic Healing. And then the podcast is Sex With My Ex Podcast. And then the business that myself and my co-host in that 
Johnson, aka Nick, we have a business called Ignite Sexuality, which is a sexual wellness business as well. And we are expanding into doing online. We've only done in-person workshops, but online is on that bucket list. So we will be able to reach people internationally. Awesome. Fantastic. Shelly, thanks for being here. I really greatly appreciate your energy and um, I wish you all the success in working with young men. It's uh, It's very important. Thank you so much for being here and good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you for holding the space and sharing and educating. I really appreciate it.